0: No matter who you are, I bet you've got a favorite attraction somewhere in this world. But I also bet that at some point you had a different favorite attraction and you found something new that you liked even better. That's great, I love that. Part of that that sense of discovery is part of what uh, makes being a theme park fan so wonderful. But how do you find great new attractions around the world? You know, one of my favorite sources for that is the annual Thea Awards done by the Themed Entertainment Association. Lots of people out there do awards. We do awards at Theme Park Insider, but the Thea Awards, are this is a juried award program done by the people who design theme parks themselves, the Themed Entertainment Association. Today, we're gonna to talk a little bit about the process by which the TEA determines the winners of the Thea Awards. We've got a couple of members who have been overseeing that process, we're going to talk to us about excellence in theme park attractions. What makes a theme park attraction great, and how do you discover them? So, thanks for joining us here on building the world's best theme parks.
1: Uh, I'm Luke Mayrand, and uh, I normally work with uh, WDI, where I'm, um, you know, where I work right now. But uh, I was the uh, uh, vice chair with uh, David uh, on the Thea Awards committee uh, last uh, this year, and uh, will be the chair next year.
2: I'm uh, Dave Cobb, I'm an experienced designer in the theme entertainment industry, and I have been uh, the co-chair last year of the Thea Awards Committee and chair this year with Luke. And uh, we'll be completing another two years, I believe, a year, I think it's, we'll talk about that a little bit, but we, every, all of us on the committee have a certain number of years that we volunteer to be a part of the process.
0: And uh, let's, let's, let's not uh, talk down the fact that both of you have worked on Theo award-winning attractions in the past as well. So you understand what it takes to develop one of these things, uh, such as you know, Warner Brothers World Abu Dhabi and uh, the wonderful Pirates of the Caribbean at Shanghai Disneyland.
2: I was going to say that, that one of the things people should know, because people ask me that all the time, like, well, you won an award, but you're on the committee it's like you have to everyone has to understand that it is a very, very disciplined process. And that's a very good example. Like if there's a project that is being discussed by the committee um, and you have worked on it, you have to recuse yourself. So I wasn't part of the discussions for that for that project winning. And it is it is. Uh, the the tip of the iceberg at, of of how serious and 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 how disciplined the process is.
0: And what's wonderful about the Theas is that it's not just theme parks; it's all types of themed experiences and all around the world. Um, but that's for fans. After you guys have picked the winners, but you have to pick the you have to find the stuff that you're going <laughs> to tell all the rest of us about. So how on earth do you guys possibly do that? Luke, tell me a little bit about the discovery process when you're, when you're looking at potential candidates for the awards.
1: So, so uh, well, first we are a family, a network, we talk to each other all the time, so it's not it's not just you know the 12 members at large or the 18, 19 you know lifetime winners. It's really the whole industry speaks to itself and kind of look for things. So that's one thing. But we do rely on uh, on the fans, on people out there, guests out there to submit attractions as well. The the great thing about the Thea Awards is that it's not something that you have to be in the industry to submit an award. A project for an award this is not like the uh you know the academy awards or something else it was purposely designed so that anyone can submit something that they think is excellent then it's then it's the job of the committee to figure out you know, where it ranks and how, you know, on in what measure, but that's something we encourage everyone to do it. And actually a year, especially a year like this year, when there's so many projects that are going to be transformed different, and people are experimenting on different platforms with zoom, etc. We would like to just hear from uh, everyone on these things to find out, well, what did you see that's really great for you? Because we can't see everything obviously, right? We'll go look for it once we (laughs) we find out but, uh, but we rely on people
2: there's always a number of submissions that are just from left field that we, that we get and go, wow, how have we not heard of this? And, Mm -hmm. and it usually sometimes that comes from the owner operators who are very proud of their product, but it doesn't have to, it can literally be, we've had things submitted by, um, you know, travel writers and fans. And, and, and so if you are a fan of this industry and you see something out in the world that is unique and excellent, that might not be on, on the beaten path. Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely submit it because, and that goes for not only in the individual awards for attractions, but also um, um, the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award and the Thea Classic Award, which goes to, you know, uh, an attraction or place or park that has been around uh, a long time and and is, and is very well uh, world-renowned. And so all of those submissions do come from within the industry, but you'd be surprised at how many we get that, we in the industry haven't heard of before. And that's kind
0: of what makes the process exciting for us. Thinking about this year is that, um, you know, you're thinking, oh, wow, a whole bunch of things got delayed, a whole bunch of things got canceled. But there were so many just out of nowhere attractions. You think about all the drive-throughs and the drive-ins and the pop-ups that people were doing, trying to fill the void of parks being closed. There's some amazing creative work out there this year. And so I'm just kind of interested in hearing, you know, as you look at that, you know, what are some of the, 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 the kind of the triggers or the, the, the qualities that you see that make you think, wow, this isn't just something ordinary. This is extraordinary. This is potentially the award-winning.
1: Right. If I, can, if I can just say one thing more about the process of looking for things is unlike other, um, other awards, say, uh, you know, for Broadway, et cetera, the, our industry defines itself by innovation, so we, we are not looking for things like what we've seen in the past. We, of course, we want to right, see great right. things from any category we've done before. But, you know, this year you're seeing an award for the Chinese Airport, an experience is completely like who would have imagined that just, you know, two, three years ago. The Nest, you know, a completely different experience that is very individualized, at the same time as we're awarding the rise of the resistance, which is maybe, you know, the greatest fight ever created, right? <laughs> Very complicated. And you have all these things. And then we also look actively for projects that have not just great entertainment, but if they can also have a purpose. So this year we have the Dream Center, which is yeah. just absolutely deeply touching. Last year we had the Poverty Encounter. Uh, these things are great and meaningful in a different way. So we're, we're looking for any chance to celebrate excellence? You know, you did fantastic work. We would love for the world to know it and go see it.
2: And yeah. and and from a from a category standpoint, like the, you'll notice that the Theas don't really have categories. Right, we've right, right. The, we've no got idea. the main achievement awards. We've got the lifetime achievement. And we've got classic. But amongst those main awards, the categories of what our business represents, as Luke said, has so changed and evolved from when the award started in 1994. In that, you know. Um, it was it was only really recently, and I would say late '90s, when we started seeing museum attractions uh, mm-hmm. start to get recognized, and um, corporate brand centers uh, uh, have now been part of our uh, our awards process. So it 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 really is exciting to see that our industry isn't just theme parks, isn't just rides and that the people that do what we do to a level of excellence are applying it to all sorts of industries and all sorts of sort of guest experiences that maybe nobody has thought of yet. like That's actually something we sort of look for every year. What's the application of what we do as an industry that is excellent and new that we haven't seen before? Not just technology, not just ride system, right? But maybe the form itself, something like The Nest, something like Poverty, poverty Encounter, something like Dream Center, all of those are perfect examples. Um, and if people don't know what those are, look them up on, on mm-hmm. the TEA website, you can find links. These are amazing projects that are couldn't be more different than something like Rise of the Resistance, yet are very, very much in line with what we define as excellence in the industry.
0: Specifically, what are some of the things that you see, you hear, you feel that, that go, okay, that's excellent.
2: That's a, that's a, it's funny. That's actually, I think what makes the meat of the, of the deliberation process with the committee. It isn't a defined list. It is obviously excellence is highly subjective, right? But when you have a group of people like we do in that room, I mean, Luke will will agree with me on this one. One, Like I'm the kid in the room. (laughs) <laughs> at the Thea Awards Committee. And, and I feel like I'm at the kids' table at, at, at Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Like, I am so in awe of the talent in that room. And these are people that I've looked up to my entire career. um, And also, young, new, exciting people that are pro- that haven't reached that lifetime achievement status yet, but have been picked by us on the committee and nominated by their peers at their companies um, to be part of our members at large who are on the committee. So you have... So excellence is decided on by that group it isn't a list of things that we look for it's something we all deliberate in a really really disciplined process to make sure that what we're giving is not a popularity award yeah. right it's it's not about it being it's not a popularity contest at all it's mm-hmm. it's what about this elevates what we do as an industry what about this project is different than the same ride system that was used for that thing five years ago, right? What are the things that move the needle that are constantly evolving what we do?
1: Wouldn't you agree, Luke? Yeah, I think, um, so, you know, we, we we come up against this every single year, exactly what is excellent, because we, you know, we get a huge amount of submissions, a very large number, and it's pretty easy to take it down to half that number, but you still have to take it down by almost tenfold to get down to those last 20 or something, right? It's just really, really hard. So then you have to constantly look at um, and if if I can if I think a bit of the way that it's come up before is you know there's evolutionary versus revolutionary right, right. so some things are an evolution on the process and sometimes that's not quite enough to to be called excellence mm-hmm. but then in that in that kind of you know balance of revolutionary or unique or never done never been done before there's also the balance of like very very high quality. Like if somebody does that transcendent quality, they took that to another level like, oh my God, I never ever thought that somebody could do rock work like this and actually express so much emotion and this and that. So these things can balance up and then, you, you know, so it doesn't need to be quite as unique, but if it's like extraordinary on the quality level, then then that might tip it the other way. So we have to constantly balance these things. Um, some of it can also be, is this a game changer? Did they, mm-hmm. did they bring in something here that is going to probably shift a lot of weight in experience design in the future. If we go like, oh my God, this is so cool. We, a whole other category will come out. Like Soren was one of those. The first time Soren, you know, when that, the first Soren was like, oh my God, there's going to be a whole industry of people wanting to do that. That's why we don't give, (laughs) We, we don't give awards to Soren light experiences anymore because now it's, now it's a category. It's its own thing. and You don't need to copy that. But yeah, when it yeah. first came out, it was like, oh my God, mind-blowing, right? <laughs> and,
2: and 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 a good example, a really good example of that from this year is um, The Nest. We brought that up earlier, that that we've had many experiences that are immersive theater or escape rooms or that kind of thing um, put up for the awards before. And that is a category in and of itself, just sort of escape room style entertainment. And on the surface, that's what the nest looks like, but a couple of us, the, the the handful of people in the committee who had seen it really, really talked about how it is not that it is a an extremely moving theater piece that's for one person or two. It's not just puzzles. It's this incredibly elegant story. And the two guys behind it are, were, were former Imagineers. And so there is an, an, an understanding of what we do applied to something that it doesn't matter that it only gets, you know, four or five people a night, right? It doesn't matter that it's low capacity. It doesn't matter that it only costs, you know, 30 grand. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's, It is such an expression of what we do in an excellent way, in a revolutionary way, in terms of the kind of entertainment it's delivering, that it was absolutely worthy of an award this year. But that's, again, if you were to look at that from a marketing perspective, if you look at what The Nest is and didn't know what it was, it might be, oh, it's an immersive theater escape room, great. But it's so much more than that. And so it's really up for us to dig into these things, to find those moments of revolutionary techniques and tactics.
1: I think you know one thing that you know uh, we we bury in the in the discussion but is always there is the emotional engagement if you get on an attraction and you get emotionally engaged you know if you're on it and from the moment you you approach it to the moment you come off you're transported you're not thinking about anything else you're right in there you start feeling things you're really immersed the characters feel like they're really coming alive uh, or your actions feel like they matter and they're actually changing the direction of the story you notice that and you go wow there's something special going on here as opposed to some other attractions where you'll go on and you know, you'll know you find your attention drifting here and, oh, I've seen this before and, oh, was this done as well as before? And and then when when you find yourself doing that, whether we're not trying to criticize, but when you find yourself doing that, you're going like, well, that's probably not a game changer. It could still be, but probably not, right? As opposed to something that really takes you and then you keep, you keep thinking about it. Right. I mean, you know, we Dave and I both play a lot of video games, but there are some video games. You keep coming back. You, you're playing that game for a long time afterwards. You're still in it. You're kind of like going, oh, my God. And that's the signature of a good experience. Right. Right. You keep, right, right. Being In it. <laughs> you
0: know, yeah. what, what I love, in, and this is something I try and tell people about the FIA Awards is that it's not, you know, like, like the Oscars or something where there are predefined categories every year and that there's a vote of the membership. I mean, this is a juried award. Uh, It's a collaborative uh, selection process and in many ways hearing you talk about that, you know, it really reminds me of how I've heard you talk in the past about designing an attraction. You've got that same type of collaborative experience that went into creating these awards that goes into selecting what's going to be, you know, honored absolutely
2: the 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 number the 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 people on the committee come from sort of every walk of this industry creative technical project management um, strategy finance like everybody there has uh, brings a very unique perspective to the design process and that absolutely comes out like that that during our discussion they bring up somebody'll say something in a room about an attraction that'll make me go huh i never thought of that that's actually something we should talk about right and so it's never just Here's our list of things. Which ones are good, guys? It's never that boring. It is always uh, um, an exciting discussion and sometimes contentious, right? It is a room full of very, very passionate people, very accomplished people with their own egos and their own uh, uh, accomplishments in, in this business. Having said that, everyone sort of personally checks their ego at the door and everybody really respects that we all are um, um, uh, peers in this and we all understand it. So for, for me personally, that's been the most exciting part of it is getting to walk into this room of people who've been doing this for 50 years and being able to discuss these things in a serious level that that uh, that is as much about fandom as you think it is. It, mm-hmm. We're all fans of this, but it's also that elevated level of I see you and I see that you understand this and and here's my perspective of how I see it. It's a it's a, it's
1: a really, really incredible process. Well, and I'll add that, you know, that process actually transferred to the Zoom, you know, format, excellent. It it was because before we used to get together in this room at uh, BRC where we would have these meetings every Monday for three or four hours. Um, And that was very convivial. It was great. It was food. Some people would call in, but it was always, you know, it was a hybrid process. And maybe we'll go back to that later. But I have to say this year, there was a big question as to whether we could still do it and we should still do it. And so we had to first make the decision, no, 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 there should be, you know, a round of awards. And why? Because we do want to celebrate excellence because that is life affirming. And it's the kind of thing that people need more right now than any other time. And then we had to decide, well, how do we do it? Well, we do it in Zoom. And was it going to work? And it did because it's very, um, you know, doing it on screen has a way of kind of making everything uh, much more, what's the word, uh, uh, democratic, because everybody's Mm -hmm. the same size square. And then you raise your hand, you talk and stuff. (laughs) And and it was kind of great because you'd see everyone, you'd see everybody's face. and, um, And it worked perfectly and actually in some yeah. ways work faster in part because this year uh, Dave and I uh, implemented a new online platform for submitting the awards which really helped people do it from anywhere they can do it from a computer their phone it's much lighter uh, no paperwork no PDFs no, no stuff like that um, and then it allowed us to collect information faster um, but that but that respect that David talks about, it totally, totally is behind everything that we do, uh, and the passion because the the folks on the uh, Thea committee, by and large, are from the um, the creative, the cre- not not the creative side, but the, from the the maker side of the equation. Mm-hmm. There are no operators there, um, but the award is uh, presented to the operator and someone from the creation team. In other words. This is a joint award that celebrates that uh, these operators were brave enough and interested and supportive enough and visionary enough to go for something ambitious, and then right. to celebrate the actual doing and creation of the the experience. Um, and that's also unique from uh, some of the other industries. And I think that's allowed our industry to keep a real nice balance and energy, and everybody's really. Connected in a positive way.
0: Okay, this is a volunteer thing. This is not any of your full-time job. But how often do people in that room get the opportunity to experience the nominated or the submitted attractions in person? Uh, is that something that, that happens pretty common? Or is this, you know, tell me a little bit about how that you know, first-person experience plays into the uh, process and then how you communicate that to people who might not have had the opportunity to experience something in person.
2: Well, traditionally, um, because of the, the breadth of the TEA and the, the number of members and the globalist sort of uh, angle uh, that there are people all over the world that are in the TEA, in a, in a traditional year, there's all, all, there's always somebody in the room, at least one or two in the committee, usually more, especially when you're talking about the larger attractions that have seen all of the nominees or seen a good goodly part of them. If not, what we end up doing is we lean on other members either close to the where the the, the the attractions are located, to sort of do their own research and come back to us and, and give us a report. And so um, it, it's based on the submission that comes from whoever nominated, it, which is a written submission and photos and video. Um, it is based on the the institutional knowledge in the room of people who've seen it. It's based on the institutional knowledge of people in the TEA who might have additional insight to the product or the experience. Um, in case it's some, fa- there's been a couple that were very far flung that we had to send a signal, a signal flare out to the TEA going, has anybody seen this? Because the video really fascinates us. But nobody mm-hmm. here has seen it. We can't find anybody who does, And of course, we got 10 people who went, oh, yeah, I saw that on a vacation uh, in this tiny little country four years ago. So yes, or whatever. It's, it's a, it, so we don't make a concerted effort to 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 go see things like I. If I can if I haven't seen it, I'm not necessarily going to run out and see it. But it's it is part of our purview and part of our responsibility to leverage the TEA's membership to help with that research.
1: Yeah, we um, you know another structure that we have inside the the that's kind of happened over the last you know several years is now we have subcommittees within the committee. And that helps us focus, you know, anywhere from five to eight or nine of the members of the overall committee on one area. So we might have uh, we always have uh, an attractions subcommittee. We always have a um, um, immersion connected immersion subcommittee and then a museum subcommittee. And the reason for that is because those folks are more likely to have seen many things and they go over all of those submissions to sort of reduce them a little bit to the first round and then they bring a proposal to the overall um, uh, committee to say, well, we think that these are probably, you know, the ones that we should consider. But even with this, though, everyone and anyone on the committee can stand up at any moment and say, hey, you left this one off, but I feel really passionate about it. And I want to tell you why I love this one. Um, so it, it stays that way and things do come back. So it's, it's somewhat organic. Um, but it does rely on people traveling a lot. In fact, that's one of the requirements. If, you know, in the rules it says, you know, if you pick a, a, male, um, a member at large, they have to they have to be able to travel. <laughs> they have to be travelers yeah, yeah. on their own because um, because we don't have a budget for going to see anything. This is uh, this is all volunteer. So yeah. kind of counting on people to already be interested, right? Challenge me
0: if I'm wrong about this, but I have yet to meet a designer in this industry who isn't first and foremost a fan. And why that's important is I think there's some fear in the fan community that, oh, if I learn too much about this, that'll kind of take all the magic away. And you guys create this stuff, you go, you look in, you understand and can articulate how all of these triggers are actually eliciting particular responses. And you're all still super fans of the whole thing. So- Tell me a little bit about how, you know, having a deeper knowledge of what's going on actually enhances the fan experience rather than diminishes it.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I think to what Luke said earlier, that moment where we lose ourselves in an attraction. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for us who work in the industry to, to well, sometimes can get a little cynical that, uh, you know, we, we get cynical about things like, you know, l- technology leading the message of an attraction or it's a super It's the tallest, biggest, fastest, loopiest, whatever. Like that's all fine and that's marketing and it can make us a little bit cynical sometimes. Um, and yes, most of the time when I go see a Broadway show or a movie or or a theme park attraction or something, there is a technical and design part of my brain that is very hard to shut off, mm-hmm. that is is looking for the seams, that is looking for the techniques, that's looking for the man behind the curtain, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I know when I've got, when I'm writing something great, when that just is obliterated, mm-hmm. like when I'm on an attraction and there's been quite a number of those in the recent years, um, Hagrid's rise of the resistance, right? Like where it's very easy for me to sit in one of the attractions at Warner brothers world, Abu Dhabi and sort of look at all the flaws and be really nervous that we should have done things differently. That's natural. Everybody in the industry does that. It doesn't ruin the magic. I'm still watching other people and watching their responses and watching the audience because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Mm -hmm. So when I ride something like rise of the resistance or, or Hagrid's where I literally lost my mind and, and completely pirates is another example. Like Mm -hmm. that thing was hyped up like, like crazy. And so I had very high expectations going to see it. And when you finally ride it, you're like, I give up. This is amazing. Like it just, just emotionally you are pulled into these stories and these attractions. The goal is to pull you in emotionally. And if it can pull you in, in a way that you forget about those details, that you're not picking apart the technology that you're, that it becomes emotionally
1: real to you that's the same as being a fan and that's what we look for we develop skills to pick up a lot of things at the same time and kind of like Dave said we can kind of turn off our analytical for a little bit but um, but but the goal for us is always to create that moment where you where someone loses themselves, right? And I, yeah, it's yeah. funny, I, not to, not to go, not, not to wax poetic about pirates, but you know when we've been working on pirates in China for so long, for so long, you know, literally it took eight years, and then we soft open, and the first fan to come on the, uh, the first, well they weren't fans yet, but the first guest to get on the on the boat and make uh, a video on their phone. Um, you know, we'd been working on it, we loved it, and it was like, Oh, this should be good. This should be, I I think this works, I think this works, right? And you never know because you tell you put someone new you don't know on the ride. And I remember that first thing that was posted told us we were onto something because the first the first video was was someone getting on with their fan and uh, their phone and they're like videotaping and here's this this and now there's a restaurant and that reminds me of the scene and now we going in the caves and oh and now is the voice of Jack Sparrow and then and there's a skeleton transforms into Jack and uh, bleh, oh my god and then, and then <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on and, oh my god we just went out where what <laughs> and okay good job done
2: yeah right <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly so it's it's you know we like and you're absolutely right robert i i have not met anybody in this industry who isn't a fan of it um because it is uh special and we don't Mm -hmm. personally i don't take for granted one iota the fact that i'm lucky enough to do this industry it is very very i'm very grateful and i'm very lucky to do it and because of that i have such a high degree of respect not just for my peers who create these things like luke but also for the audience because they're the people that make this worthwhile, and at the end of the day, these attractions—the attractions I worked on—don't belong to me at all. There's the there's a moment in all these uh, uh, projects, and Luke will know what I'm talking about, where all of a sudden you're not the most important person in the building anymore. Like the security guard doesn't know you because he wasn't the guy there during construction, and asked for your badge. You know, like there's a moment where we have to let it go, and when we yep. do, it becomes it it belongs it own the audience owns it and watching their ownership of it and watching their emotions behind it watching their cosplay behind it watching their their videos and pictures and, and fan art like all of that is validation of not only us as designers but the fans understanding what we do
1: and i think that happens at a lot of levels right yes we're the designers and the initial creators of the attractions but then the the people that operate these attractions every single day Forever ever yep. after we open, they are absolutely critical to this because every single guest that comes on an attraction is coming on for the first time, yep. unless fans already. But for them, you know, the, the operator has to make it feel like, you know, this is happening right here, right now. That is, for me, you know, the hardest and the best kind of scene to create is the scene that you feel like, I'm so lucky I showed up right now that this is happening and just happening to me. Right. If, if we can create that sense that it's just for you, it happened just then, and my, was I lucky to be here to see that, then, then, then that's really special. And I think the operators are part of that. And every moment we try to craft to just get that. And it's so precious because it's, it's very special. It's the same way that you feel when, when you go to a really, you know, you go to a restaurant, something special happens, and you're with your friends, and there's a, a really powerful emotional kind of moment about something in particular, or when you're going on a hike, and then you open an incredible vista, and you're like, oh my god, this is totally ex- unexpected. Or you're you're on a you know you're on a boat, and you happen to walk by, and the wind and the sun sunset, and something is happening, and then you know you're with your parent, and 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 you you look at each other and go, wow, we're so lucky to be together here right now, yeah. that's what we'd like to see happen because that it yeah. makes makes me happy yeah. if I can provide that to somebody, but I love seeing people just enjoy that later on. Yeah, yeah. For, for, for
0: me, that's that's what the excellence is, is when you encounter that multiplier effect, when something becomes greater than the sum of its parts, when you can experience it and you forget that you work in the industry, when right. it is not a ride anymore, it's not a product, it is something that is just a new thing that is enlivened by the people who are there and it just becomes that new experience. And that's uh, that's why I look forward to seeing what wins the Thea Awards every year because there's always something on there that's going to deliver that transformative, that multiplier experience for me whenever I get the opportunity to go out there and experience so. Thank you to both of you for your work on, on, on this and, and showing us some, some really great attractions around the world that uh, hopefully someday we'll be able to get out there and experience in person.
1: Hope so, yeah, soon. And, and thank you for everyone for posting your videos and your pictures of all these experiences everywhere because that's how we can share them. You know, I mean, oh, I, I love that part is you know, we've been in isolation but we've not been completely isolated. All the you know many of the companies are putting out uh, videos of their attractions and fans are and sharing things and and that makes me feel like I can still travel and go right. see and experience many of those those things so thank you
2: yeah absolutely and and the uh, you know we, we the 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 emotional component of these attractions is, is really at the heart of fandom and we talk about story and narrative is part of what excellent what is excellence and how's, how is the story told in this attraction and to be honest we talk a lot about that the most important story to tell an attraction in an attraction is the story the guests have to tell about it afterwards yeah. right their their love and sharing of that and the and the way they absorb it into themselves and tell it back again that's the only story that matters
0: mm-hmm. absolutely so i think uh, we're gonna wrap up on that note there uh, thank you to Luke and to David for uh, taking the time to talk with us about the Thea Awards today. We'll post some links in the story uh, where you can learn more about the Theme Entertainment Association. For those of you who want to get into this industry, this is a this is something you got to join because it is is absolutely the best way to get to know people like this and uh, to really learn from their experience. So, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today, you guys. Absolutely. You're welcome.
1: Fantastic.